Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. The North Shore Drive podcast is back, and it's NFL Combine Week. We'll preview the Combine and everything going on with it, what to expect with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and what to look out for a lot of the guys that are down there. We're talking about that here in the North Shore Drive with Ray Fittipato. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're both from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined today by Ray Fittipato, our esteemed Steelers beat writer here at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. As always, you can find this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted, but especially on YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit the like button on the video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily content from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette and the Monday, Wednesday, and Friday episodes from the North Shore Drive Podcast. Ray, it's Combine Week. How many combine? What number of combine will this be for you in your career? Oh boy, um, I I'm gonna say six or seven. Um, okay. I've been on the beat since uh, I think twelve, and I've gone pretty much every other year. You know, a couple of years in there with COVID and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's uh, hey, I, I know there's a lot of Steelers fans out there listening, but even if you're just a general draft Nick and you love the draft, yeah. this is your time of year, right? So we're gonna have podcasts from Mountain Indy. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're going to have stories from out in Indy. We're going to have all the bases covered, both in print, online, and with your podcast out there. So if you're a Steelers slash NFL draft fan, this is your week. Absolutely. And full disclosure, we are recording this Sunday morning. So Ray and I, along with Jerry Dulac, we're headed to the Combine Monday. So normally we record on, on the day of, we record a podcast. We're recording ahead of time. So also for all you Penguins fans out there, that's why we can't talk any Penguins talk today because uh, the Penguins play, they did a home and home, or a home and, a home and away, I guess. Uh, but they won big Saturday night, and then they have a home game Sunday night. Uh, Andrew Destin was there for the away game. Matt Venzel is, is uh, in Pittsburgh for the home game. But because of that, we can't talk because they're about to play uh, another team uh, before after we record this. So we will get to the Penguins later in the week when we have some time. But I wanted to talk to you, Ray, just getting a full perspective on the on on the on the combine. You got to sit in with Daniel Jeremiah and his outlook. He's a he's a draft expert. He's been looking at things and he had some thoughts on the Steelers position this year. And you wrote about that for the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. What what was your what was your what was Daniel Jeremiah's takeaway and how did it compare with how you've and kind of how our people have seen the Steelers heading into draft season? Yeah, I mean it's we've been writing about it since the end of the season and uh, you know Jeremiah agreed um, the top three needs for the Steelers entering the combine and this might change before the draft because you know we know free agency is is going to um, certainly factor into the way the draft unfolds for them. But he has O-line, D-line, and corner as their top three needs. Um, I think that is 
universally accepted yes. among all Steelers fans, everyone who covers the team. Um, the interesting thing that uh, Jeremiah said, you know, this draft, two things. This draft um, marries well with their needs. So um, the Steelers have needs a corner, O-line, and D-line. This is a very, very good draft for corners. So it marries with what they need. Um, also a very, very deep draft for edge rushers, which I think certainly could be in play, maybe not early, maybe not with 17 for, with, or 32, but I think they could take, take an edge rusher for depth there. And also, depending on the way um, the Zach Gentry situation unfolds after free agency, this is a tremendous group of, of tight ends that we have coming out. And um, there are, he listed a number of tight ends. Let me give you this stat first. Sure. On the corners, he has twenty corners with a top three round grade. Okay, whoa, that's not that's not normal. So if you want to cut that off, I, I know the draft isn't exact because of the complex, but basically, twenty of the top one hundred, one fifth of his top one hundred board, um, there are corners on there. Also, tight ends. I forget the number exactly. I want to say he had eleven top. Uh, 11 tight ends with, I think, top th three round grades. So um, if they're looking for, for a tight end in those middle rounds, I, I think certainly that could be in play too. So the other interesting thing he said, and I'm sorry to dominate the, the first half. You're fine. No, go ahead. I'm looking the board. Four in the top 80, uh, top 81, he thinks they can get starters with all four picks. That's how deep and quality this draft is in the top three rounds. So – um, you know, people were excited for Omar Khan's first draft, Andy Weidel's first draft. It really looks like it's set, setting up well for the Steelers. Looks like they're going to be able to get quality players with each of those first four picks. And that's the thing that we're looking at here. And again, this is the, you know, I mean, this is part of the interesting part of you know when it comes to Omar Khan's tra trade to get that thirty-second pick, having th four picks in the top eighty, three in the top fifty. That is that that is a big part of where we've been looking at what the Steelers are trying to do with this upcoming offseason. They need to get younger and they need to get talented and they they need to get nasty in the trenches. Ray, when you see that number, twenty cornerbacks who could be who are graded or you know are supposed to be good enough to be landed in the first three rounds of this NFL draft class. Does that make you think wait on cornerback or does that make you think get the best of this cornerback class? I think because they have so many needs, you know, we just mentioned the three needs. Mm -hmm. So you could actually sit there at 17 and you could take the top graded player at any of those positions. Mm. So let's say, you know, Jeremiah didn't think that any of the top tackles would still be there at 17. And I think that's – That's reasonable. You know, yeah, I, I think that's very reasonable. So then, you know, he didn't think Joey Porter, Devin Witherspoon, or um, Christian Gonzalez would be there either. But let's say one of them falls. Mm -hmm. You see Porter so often like in that 12 to, to 16 range, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say if Joey Porter falls, they could easily take Joey Porter at number 17. No one would bat an eye if that happened. But if Gonzalez, Porter, and Witherspoon are off the board, then you could say, okay, take the best defensive lineman available. Maybe Lucas Van Ness is there. Mm -hmm. um, maybe Miles Murphy is there. Um, so, you know, you, you would have options there. And then you would have your pick. Okay, number 32, can we get a corner? It might not be a potential 
shutdown corner or a number one corner, but you can get a quality starter at 32. You can make that happen at 49 as well. And Jeremiah, you know, assuming there's not a huge run like in the 60s or 70s, you could potentially get a starter um, at number 81 as well. And the Steelers know all about that, right? Cam mm -hmm. Sutton, right yeah. in that same range. I forget exactly the number, but back in 2017, he was a third-round pick out of Tennessee, and he's been very, very good. They're going to try to sign him to a second contract here. So you can get starters, quality guys throughout the draft. Even if they had to eight, wait till 81, Chris, it's a very plausible scenario. They can get a quality corner there as well. Absolutely. And to, to clarify, you're right. Cameron Sutton was the 94th pick of that NFL draft class. So we're talking about a guy. And the other thing was people, for some people that might be saying like, oh, well, he's just starting now. Cameron Sutton was getting valuable snaps as a rookie. Like, you know, when Joe Hayden went down a couple games, he was filling in and being important. And granted, that was also a time when the Steelers were a little bit different at the cornerback position. Um, but you know, I think you're right. Like, there's a lot of guys in this draft class. Like, uh, Emmanuel Forbes is a guy that I think if they can land at, at you know, th like 32, that would be a very solid pick. He's a he's a ball hawking cornerback. He's a guy that looks very agile in the secondary, uh, an SEC guy. He's a guy that I look at. I'm like, man, like, they, they, and the thing is, is like you said, there's number of, there's a number of cornerbacks out there. Kyle Blue Kelly, who looked really good in the Senior Bowl, six foot one. He's a guy that if you get a 50, I don't think anybody be anybody be mad about it. And and that's why I think it may be okay for the Steelers to sit back and say, hey, you know what? Unless one of those tops, those top super corners fall to them, you don't need to rush to the board and get Kelly Ringo or Cam Smith or one of those guys right. if you feel that a Lucas Van Nets, a Brian Br Brissy, um, you know, if one of those guys is available to you or if one of the offensive tackles fall to you because, you know, there's there's also debate as far as who should be valued at the highest offensive tackles. I want to talk more with you about this, Ray, in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast because there's a lot of draft preview stuff to go over before this combine happens. But first, got to talk to you guys about Valley Pool and Spa, the ultimate place for you to go and get a, a, swim, a, a spa, a hot tub, or a sauna installed right in your home. You can relax and soak in a hot tub or swim spa from Valley Pool and Spa right now and get, get to talk to them. And you go, go to valleypoolspa.com to find all the options available. One of their specialties is the Finlayo sauna that's there to melt your stress away. You get in it, you feel like you're detoxing, you come out a new person, ready to tackle everything in your day, refreshed and rejuvenated and ready to go. And the only way to get that is go to valleypoolspa.com. They're going to help you find all the in-stock hot tubs, swim spas, and saunas that are that have big savings and find the best options for you to install into your own home. So go to Valley Pool and Spa right now or visit their website, valleypoolspa.com. That's valleypoolspa.com. Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specright para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm Chris Carter with Ray Fittipato. Ray, let's look. Let, let's look again uh, at, at maybe some of the positions that 
aren't at the top of the Steelers list right now. You know, we talked about offensive line. We talked about defensive line and corner. But, you know, you mentioned tight ends, this being a good class for that. Like Zach Gentry's situation hasn't been resolved. And I think a lot of people, there's a lot of reasons to like Connor Hayward and what he did at the end of the season when he got more playing time. But he's also a smaller-bodied guy and more of an H-back that can help at the tight end position. Right. If the Steelers don't re-sign Gentry, and they very well could, uh, I do think this is a very interesting tight end class to look at, but how does that weigh versus linebacker and maybe getting a backup edge rusher? Because those are there's several different positions you could look at and say reasonable for the Steelers to pick, especially with in, anywhere in their top 80. Yeah, I mean, let's let's be honest. Zach Gentry played half the snaps last season. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he's their best blocking tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, they are trending towards being a running team. I don't know. I don't think that's set in stone, um, you know, beyond 2023. But certainly, if you look at last season, you know, I think they're going to continue along that vein and they're going to be a team that runs the ball. So, you know, this draft, I, I think overall, you look, Pat Fryermuth came in the middle of the second round, Chris. He yeah. was he was the second tight end off the board that year, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, looking at it, there are – if you look at Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 prospects. He's got a ton of tight ends in there. I want to say four to five tight ends in his top 50 prospects. Now, I don't think all of those guys are going to go in the first um, two rounds. Certainly, I don't think all those guys will be off the board by the time the Steelers uh, pick at number 49. So, um, you know, it's interesting. You know, Michael Mayer is probably the best overall tight end in terms of receiving and blocking. Um, that's probably what the Steelers are looking for, right? They're not looking for a guy like Pat Fryermuth. So, you know, no. Dalton Kincaid, probably the best receiving tight end in this draft. You know, the Steelers don't need someone like him, but they could certainly use a big-bodied guy who can line up in line and block the way Zach Gentry does, should Zach Gentry not be re-signed. So, you know, that's, you know we'll, we'll find out. Um, you know, uh, I think the legal tampering period starts – March 15th. So we're only two weeks away from that, Chris. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll have a much better idea uh, of whether tight end really is going to be in play for the Steelers in the draft, but they should have no issue picking up a guy, say, third round or after, third or fourth round, really, because they don't have fifth and sixth round picks as of right now. So third, fourth round, should Gentry not resign? I think that's that's a perfect spot to grab a a number two tight end. I shouldn't say backup. I, I think number two tight end, as much as they use a guy like Zach Gentry, they're almost, you know, like a part-time starter. No, you're, you're exactly right, too, because Pat Frymuth isn't known for his blocking. And, you know, we've been talking about the possibility of them getting another receiver in this draft class. But what if that answer is getting another tight end that allows Pat Frymuth to kind of be more of that receiving tight end threat that they could line up in different spots? Because, like you said, this team is trending towards being a running team with Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, Kenny Pickett, you know, kind of playing off of that and the and the investment in the offensive line. And some of the guys that you're pro- that everyone's probably going to talk about in this in this draft class at the tight end position, uh, they, you know, there are receiving guys, but there's guys like Darnell Washington, the Georgia tight end, who is a big figure, who's there, he's there to block you. He does catch the ball really well. But he can roll b- b- right. you over. Michael Mayer of Notre of Notre Dame, another guy that fits that fits that profile. That he's a he's a talented receiving tight end, but he also he brings the run blocking. That could bring a really good value to the Steelers if they were able to get 
prospects like those guys. It doesn't have to be those guys specifically, but someone who's able to help out on the edge, get be a, be a run blocker, and then add that versatility because if the Steelers they were able to run more twelve personnel, where you're seeing uh, where you're seeing double tight end, two receivers, and a running back, that could put, be very perplexing for defenses to deal with because. You know, we saw that for a time in the Belichick, you know, era when when the Patriots were really good with Tom Brady when they had uh, Rob Gronkowski and of course Aaron Hernandez for a while. The threat of two big receiving options who can block you and be a matchup problem for either smaller, quicker corners or bigger, slower linebackers that can be a key to to key in on the balance problems that teams might have stopping the Steelers. Yeah, listen, I, I think they're very comfortable with Zach Gentry, but let's say he moves on in free agency. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can get get a guy who's just a little bit better of a receiver than Jack, Zach Gentry and maybe a guy who's just as good of a blocker, right? So then in that scenario, you're all set with the running game. You, you don't lose a step there, and then you become even more dynamic, not only in the middle of the field, um, but in the red zone. We saw last year, Chris, um, if you remember Pat Fryer's rookie season, Mm-hmm. dynamic in the red zone. Um, one of Ben Roethlisberger's, if not his favorite ta- target, one of his favorite targets down there. And then that kind of disappeared um, in 2022 for whatever reason, you know, new quarterback, yeah. different quarterbacks. That didn't materialize. But Pat Fryermuth, there's no reason he can't go back and do what he did as a rookie and score seven, eight touchdowns in the red zone. I mean, that would be, you know, I, I think that would make the Steelers a much more um, dynamic red zone team, and that's certainly something that they're looking to improve um, this season. So, yeah, lots of possibilities there. You asked me at the top um, where would I value it, edge rusher or tight end, you know, depending on those scenarios. I think if you get a good edge rush prospect in the third round, I think you can give T.J. Watt some rest. I think you can give Alex Highsmith some rest, and that guy potentially would play more than a Jameer Jones or Malik Reed last season. So, you know, you kind of have to weigh different things. I'm sure they're they're very well aware of their record without TJ Watts. So they probably they might be placing a little bit more of a premium on edge rusher in this draft, more so than tight end, but I think it's pretty even when you ter- when you look in terms of what they might need depending on what happens in free agency. I think it's it's pretty even with those two positions right now. No, I agree, I agree with that because, like you said, that rotation is so important. If they can get a guy who can, one, stuff the run off the edge, but also, two, generate some pass rush and give yourself a rotation, also rotating defensive front, that speaks to Andy Weidel's model that he was helping build in Philadelphia that built the Eagles to their Super Bowl run th- this year. Uh, guys that would fit in that third-round rage probably – would be, I think, guys like Zach Harrison from Ohio State, who's six foot six and two seventy two pounds. Now he's a bigger one. I guess that's more of a, a hand of the dirt type of type of guy. But then there's guys I think that that fit more of the traditional Steelers edge rusher, who's technically an outside linebacker. Uh, Will McDonald the fourth, uh, a guy who, uh, who who was in in the in the uh, the Senior Bowl a bit. Uh, Addy Adabaware, uh, you know, a, a guy from Northwestern who we talked about with Adam Fitner or Bittner over the weekend, KJ Henry of Clemson, six foot four, two sixty. Those are guys I think that you could get a look at in that with that third round pick at, at 80 and say, you know what? Especially if you've got an offensive line, cornerback, and maybe you know, maybe tight end, maybe linebacker with those first three picks. That fourth pick still in the 80, you can still get someone with a really good range there. What did you, what would you say to if the Steelers get an offensive lineman 
in the first in the first one, seventeenth overall, and one of those guys fall to them, and they're like, "Great, we're happy there." And like a Nolan Smith is sitting there at thirty-two. Is that too early to go and get like a, another edge rusher who's going to be a backup this season, or is that a good value? You know, I wouldn't. Based off what you said and knowing Andy Weidel's past and the way that, that he likes to build teams, I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. But I would still say um, defensive line, like that five-technique type, a Brisset type at 32 might work better for their needs, or certainly a cornerback at 32 might work better for their needs. Um, and, and Here's um, a little bit of a wild-card scenario um, in a – Probably won't happen if they take a tackle at 17. But uh, Jeremiah noted this on um, on Friday, and it, it, it's very true. Early second round, and even mid-second round, but if you look at past drafts, Chris, um, interior linemen fly off the board in the 30s. And that's just a sweet spot because that's where the value is, right? right. You don't see guards and centers going a lot in the first round. If you, if you do, you see them going in the 20s. Um, but you see a ton of them go off the board, say at uh, you know like 32 through through 40. So is that where they get a guy like Osiris Torrance or Steve Avia or um, John Michael Schmitz or any of these other guys who are fringe first round guys, but the value is there in the second round. That's where guards and centers typically go. So I wouldn't put put a, a an interior lineman past them either at that point, but. To answer your question, I, I think 32 might be a little bit early for, for an edge rusher, but, hey, if he's the highest guy on their board and they are really going to follow Weidel's model and you're going to have four or five edge guys who come in and out of the game, then, yeah, that certainly could happen. I'd be very interested to see if that if that is their path there. Um, the trenches seem like such a big thing on both sides of the ball right now. I want to talk to you, Ray, about Omar Khan because we're going to get a chance to talk to him, and this is his first his NFL draft process. We'll talk about that in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, going to talk to you guys about Yinz is in the Berg. Of course, Yinz is in the Berg is the number one place that you can go to to get all your Pittsburgh sports apparel. That's Steelers, Pirates, Penguins, Pitt, anything Pittsburgh sports. And hey, maybe if you want to push, if you want to get something to root on the Pens as they're trying to make their playoff push, or Pitt Panthers, who are making a remarkable run. If they win one more game, if they're able to beat Notre Dame this Wednesday, they will win at least a share of the regular season ACC title, something that this program has not done since it's joined the conference there's a lot of things to root for in pittsburgh sports right now and the best place to go to is yinzers in the berg yinzers in the berg again has two stores in the strip district that you can visit throughout the week or if you can't get there go to yinzerspgh.com you'll see all the pittsburgh sports apparel you could want right there on their website and it updates weekly with new merch go to yinzerspgh.com for all your pittsburgh sports apparel accessories and much much more more again that's yinzers in the berg at yinzerspgh.com Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Ray Fittipato, our Steelers beat writer, as we both are getting ready to head out to the NFL Scouting Combine. Again, we're recording this on Sunday. We'll be on the road Monday to get there uh, in Indianapolis. Now, Ray, let's take a step back from the prospects themselves 
And let's look at Omar Khan and the Steelers. Now, as many people last year, of course, were, were, were screaming, why is Kevin Colbert running the draft class when he's about to be leaving? It's, that was the whole point was the draft, the draft process starts as soon as the last one ends. So when Kevin Colbert was running that last draft class, yes, that was his last one. But they had been working on it all year long leading up to that point. Now. This is Omar Khan's first chance for the entire draft process has been under his front office that they've been scouting guys since, you know, spring practices for college college teams last year, going into the summer camps, going into the college season. And now they're going to be able to see what they confirm there. But we've already seen Omar Khan being willing to make moves that, that shift things with the Steelers, with the Chase Claypool trade to get the 32nd overall pick that they have now. What's your anticipation? I know we're going to talk to him on Tuesday, but what's your anticipation for how aggressive he might be in willing to shake things up in this draft class, whether it be trading up from 17, trading down from 17, or trading up with some of, you know, trading to move around some of those day two picks? Yeah, I think that is more um, plausible than, say, the Steelers changing the types of players that they draft. Because if you look at it, Mike Tom has been here since 2007. Yeah. Um, Omar and Andy's job, really, it's to draft players that Mike Tomlin wants to coach or players that fit his system, both on offense and defense. So, you know, you are drafting players really to, to fit um, Mike Tomlin's vision of a football player. That, that's been the same. I'm sure it's changed between 2007 and 2022. But my point is um, that's not going to change now because Mike Tomlin – um, is still the head coach, but you bring up a good point. You know, um, we we just got done talking about the depth of this draft, and certainly at certain positions. Could you trade 17 and move back to pick up more picks? You don't have a fifth or a sixth rounder, you know. Yeah. Could you potentially get, um, you know, you move back 10 spots, you might be able to pick up, um, you know, that late first, and then you get uh, another fourth and a fifth or, you know, whatever the, the trade chart says. Or you could see a scenario where, hey, maybe Andy Weidel thinks we all know offensive tackle is a need, right? Maybe Andy Weidel is of, of the opinion and Omar Khan is of the opinion that it's a desperate need. And maybe you have to go up into the top 10 or the top 12 to get a guy like Broderick Jones or Peter Skaronsky. So, um, you know, maybe that number 32 pick, maybe that's, maybe that's trade bait, right? Maybe that's a, a pick – that they're willing to get if they think, boy, we really need to solidify left tackle. Or it could be corner, or it could be defensive line. You know, so you know, that's what we we it's easy, Chris, to know their needs because a lot of us who follow the team, you know, it's just it it's black and white after a while, you know, after you analyze it. Um, but what we don't know is the urgency of those needs and really the way that Omar and Andy feel about this football team you know, the nitty gritty details, right? Okay. We all know they've played with Dan Moore for two years, but how much do they like him? We, we don't know that. So, you know, I, I think you make a good point. I, I think, um, you know, uh, trade scenarios could be in place. And as you point out, um, that, that trade with Chase Claypool, I don't think that's something that Kevin Colbert would have done. So we are certainly seeing the, uh, the seas of change here within this front office. Something that I think that could definitely be in play is let's say the scenario plays out we talked about earlier where all the offensive tackles that we think are, you know, first round, you know, A grade dudes are gone. Let's say all those top three cornerbacks are gone. And we talked about p selecting best player available. 
that could be the perfect situation where the Steelers say, hey, you know what? What if, like, A.J. Richardson's still there and there's some team that really wants a quarterback and they're like, we'll trade us. We'll we'll give you the later second round, first round pick and we'll give you a second or a third or a, or, or a fourth or something like that. And the Steelers move back but then pick up that extra pick that you're talking about. I think that there's there, there's there's definitely value there, but there's also the possibility, and I've talked about this with Alan Saunders, but like, what if the Steelers don't trade anything necessarily on the first day, or even if they do, but they're still sitting there at the end of day one and that thirty second overall pick, and they're just on the clock for twenty four hours, and they're just sitting there, and teams are just. The rumors are flying. Who's going to want to move? Because there'll be there'll be some. Mel Kiper will have someone saying this is the best prospect that no one picked, and he's just going to be sitting there. And why didn't anyone take him? He's a steal. Everyone's going to start mobbing over these type of things, and then all of a sudden, I'm sure Omar Khan's phone will start lighting up. And then with the 32nd overall pick, maybe you get multiple second and third round picks for that one. And that's another one you like. You know, I think with the the value we've been talking about, especially with Derek, Daniel Jeremiah has been talking about. It may be the most valuable thing if the Steelers are able to maximize. Well, keep your day one pick. Like, like don't do not right. give up a pick in the first round. But maybe maximizing your day two picks in the second and third rounds. Right now, they have three picks between those with two in the second and one in the third. But if they can keep that first round, keep a first round pick. Doesn't have to be seventeenth, and then pick up an extra pick in the second or an extra pick or two in the third. This may be the draft class that helps the Steelers reset so many things that they've been missing out on, whether it be blocking tight ends, younger, aggressive defensive linemen who can stuff the run and help the the passer, the backup edge rusher situation, cornerback. This might be the chance to to address all of those in one draft class. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the way this draft looks like it's shaping up, right? I mean, I think you do have a guy like Bryce Young, but there's no – you know, he's not created as high as Trevor Lawrence. And there's some other nice prospects out there. You know, people talk about Jalen Carter. But you don't see like, oh, boy, that guy is just going to be a stud. There might be one or two of those guys in the top ten. Um, but this is really like uh, it's a draft that has quality depth and a lot of positions. And we, we ran down cornerback, okay, um, interior offensive line, tight ends, running backs. Um, mm. uh, Steelers aren't in play for a running back, really. I don't. Someone else might be. I don't think, but um, you know, I just ran down what four or five positions. Edge rushers. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just ran down five positions where there's quality depth at every position. That's half, the, half the draft, Chris. So yeah. you, I, I think your scenario there, um, accumulating more picks in the second or third round, I would be down with it. But of course, um, if there's a player that you absolutely want. At 17 or at 32, um, yeah. you know, then then you gotta you gotta you gotta pick that guy if you think he can come in and play for you right away. So um, these are scenarios that there'll be, you know, there'll be mock draft scenarios for the Steelers for you know a couple of weeks, couple of days heading up to that draft, and I'm sure all this will will come into play. But yeah, it's certainly fun to talk about here in late February, early March as well. Absolutely. We'll be covering everything 
at the NFL Scouting Combine. Myself, Ray Papadopoulos, Jerry Dulac will all be on hand. Get all of our coverage at post-gazette.com. The Pittsburgh Post-Gazette will be on hand there, as well as all things Pittsburgh sports uh, from all of our colleagues on our team here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Ray, thanks so much for joining me. I'll see you in Indy uh, in about 24 hours or so, and uh, we'll be having a good time down there as we get as we get closer to the prospects and the Steelers front office. Until then, everyone have a great week. We'll be back Wednesday with more on the North Shore Drive podcast, but stay tuned for all the content here from the Pittsburgh Post Get. Again, Chris Card and Rayfield Apato signing off. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description. Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specright para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios.